Let's get into the book of James together. And uh, right before I read the whole entire chapter, we won't be able to cover the whole chapter today, but we're going to take the whole sum and we're going to go through the whole entire book. I like the book of James. It's actually the very first book of the Bible that I memorized and actually memorized it in the New King James, but I'm preaching out of the ESV, and so it, it's a little bit different. How's I just close my Bible and recite it for you? Come on, somebody. Um, but some facts about James. James is known uh, as the Proverbs of the New Testament uh, because it's got so much practical wisdom for believers. Um, it's specifically written to Christian Jews at the time and uh, how they ought to live out their life in a practical way that shows that, man, uh, Jesus Christ is Lord of their life. Others would see that and see their good works and different things. Uh, the focus uh, is on the practical aspects of Christian life, um, good works, uh, genuine faith uh, with one another. Uh, James draws a lot from Jesus' teachings, specifically out of Matthew chapter 5 and the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, he draws a lot. You will see a lot of correlation between the two. Uh, through some of the uh, weekends together, we might draw some of that correlation together. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of the aspects of Jesus' teaching as he was here on earth in the book of James. Book of James, uh, a lot of people might not care about this, but I know there's some people out there that love to study the Bible. And so we'll give you some particulars. The book of James was written between 45 A.D. and 48 A.D., um, which, interesting to note, makes it one of the earliest writings of the New Testament, okay? James is the one that's writing this. Uh, he is the, uh, the father or the overseer of the church in Jerusalem, okay? So in other words, James looked at the church. He looked at, at, at Jewish Christians of the time, saw some things that needed to be addressed, and therefore we have this early writing addressing those issues. Now the cool thing is this, okay? It was specifically written to those Christian Jews, okay? Those things that were written, although our society looks different today, the root and the core issues still very much the same. So we can take what was written back then, apply it to our lives today, which is really exciting. This book was written to you and to me. James, uh, which James is it? There's been some debate, but after looking at all of the, all of the evidence, it is the brother of Jesus, okay? which makes sense why he would draw so much of his inspiration and teaching then from the sermon on the Mount. Um, who, is, uh, who is it being written to? Uh, once again, we're going to see right here in uh, verse 1 as we begin to read it. It's written to the 12 tribes that are scattered, that are dispersed. Okay? Unlike uh, our series last year that we did out of 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy would be a, a specific letter written to Timothy to address some stuff in Timothy's life as well as the leadership of the church. Um, then out of that, change would take place within the church and within the society. This specific book is actually written more like a lecture, okay? And it's not just written to one particular person as well as it's written to the masses, okay? And so it's more like a lecture than it is a letter, uh, which you need to understand because it'll read differently than it would 1 Timothy, uh, as Paul writes to Timothy, James here writing to the masses. Uh, because of its lecture, uh, it's going to have an authoritative undertone to it. A matter of fact, almost every other verse of the book of James is a call to action. Don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word, okay? And so literally almost every other verse is calling believers, calling Christ followers to action, okay? And so as we go into it, um, just to have a note of that. Let's read it. James chapter 1, I'm going to read the whole chapter. Once again, we won't have time to cover the whole chapter today. James chapter 1, starting in verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. 
Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Amen. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or endurance. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen. All right. Okay. That would be a good place to say amen, right? We all want the perfect and complete part. We just don't want the first part, the trials, right? Verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises and its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Verse 12, back to trials. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from, is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Thank you. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away, and forgets the person's name that he just met this morning. And I, I'm sorry. And I once forget what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to buy backpacks for needy children in San Diego and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is, is awesome. And God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that, Lord, you would speak to us. And, God, you'd uh, bring clarity, uh, Lord, to our lives and how we can live out genuine faith right here in our city. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, right off the bat, uh, James just kind of jumps right in. He does one greeting, greetings, you know, to the 12 tribes. But he says something here that are dispersed, okay? Uh, here are the 12 tribes of Israel. These are the, the people of God 
Christian Jews that are now scattered, okay? And he's writing this lecture to them because he sees something that he wants to begin to address. He sees the way they are living out their Christian life. And he says, you know what? Earliest writing of the Christian church, I need to write something to them so that I can address some things, okay? And so he's writing them. First of all, why are they dispersed, okay? Why are they spread abroad? Well, obviously, we jump into the second verse, and we see that there's trials. So there is something coming against them, okay? And therefore, it's causing them to be scattered and dispersed, okay? Here's the problem. They are Christians living in a non-Christian world, okay? Much like today. Here we are, okay? And we are Christians living in a non-Christian world. What does that present to us, okay? Well... Uh, the Bible is very clear that as Christians and Christ followers, okay, this isn't the funnest to talk about, but as Christians and Christ followers, we are not the most popular people on the planet, okay? I mean, you can, you can pretty much be any other religious group, and you're tolerated, you're accepted. But when they find out you're a Christian, it immediately, something happens, like, oh, so you don't believe in this, you don't believe in that, you don't, you know? And they can just go down the list, okay? Why does that happen? Why does the world have this perception of Christians, okay? Now, it would be easy to write it off and say, well, the church did this, and the church did that, and the church... Here's the reality of it. Let me give you some verses, and you can write these down, and I know that you're going to go, and you're going to read them later, okay? But we don't have time to fully read all these today, but write these down. Matthew 10, 24 to 25. Matthew 10, 24 to 25. James... 4 4, which we will look at as we go through this summer. James 4 4. Romans 8 7. And 1 Corinthians 2 14. 1 Corinthians 2 14. All of these verses, if you put these verses together and you look at them, what you're going to see is this is that the world hates us because they hate Jesus. Okay? Why is that? Well, because Jesus came with some radical teachings. Jesus came the way, the truth, the life, to, to be the firstborn among many brethren, the Bible says, to pave the way. That's why the Bible says we need to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Okay? So we're looking to him. He's the firstborn among many brethren. He brings some stuff that is pretty intense. Okay? And the reality is this, is the more we adhere to the word of God, the more we read it, be a hearer of the word, not only, but be a doer of the word. The more we do it, the, the more disliked we're going to be by the world. Because the world is, if here's the word of God, the world is, is pulling this way away from it, but we're pulling this way to it, okay? And, and here's, here's the reality. The more we adapt to the word of God, the more we become like Christ, the more we desire that, okay, the more fundamentally different we think than the world, Okay? And so we could stand here today and say things like, you know what, uh, it's very clear in Scripture um, that, um, that you should be married before you live together and before you're having sex. And some people would be like, dude, that is so yesterday. That is shallow-minded. That is not, I mean, that is not going to work in today's culture. Okay? You ever heard people say that before? Man, you, you know, Christians, you're, you're kind of closed-minded. You're kind of shallow in your thinking. You're kind of, okay, what you're saying is God's shallow in his thinking. Okay. Okay. 
We could, we, could, we could pull things from Scripture that won't be popular today. Are you with me this morning? Okay. So because of that now, here's, here's this, this, these Jewish Christians trying to live the best they can, do the best they can, but they're now experiencing persecution. Okay? They're experiencing what, what James addresses as trials. Okay? And the reality is, is the more you try to live like Christ, and the more Christ-like you become, you're going to see some things come against you. Okay? James, I love what James does, though. He does not address the trial that they're going through. He doesn't come in and say, okay, here's the trial. Here's what, what you need to do with that trial. What James does instead is he uses this platform as an opportunity to address believers and how we're to behave or respond in the trial. Okay? Big difference. Okay? And I love what James does. James does not even point out the specific trial. He says, hey, guys, count it all joy when you meet various trials. Okay? Don't you wish it would have been a little more explicit than that? Like, hey, guys, count it joy when you face this one trial. All the other trials, be ticked off and angry. <laughs> Man, that, that's a gospel I can receive. Come on, somebody. Okay? But he doesn't say that. James just looks and says, okay, here's what's facing them. You know what? Uh, it's the, the, the context is going to be a little bit different, but you know what? There's going to be trials that face Christians until Jesus comes back. And so, you know what we need to do here? We need to take this opportunity to address the character and the content uh, of a Christian's lifestyle and their faith and say, okay, guys, it doesn't matter what the trial is. It doesn't matter if it's relational. It doesn't matter if it's financial. It doesn't matter if it's health. It doesn't matter. It's a trial. Here's how you, as a Christ follower, can handle that. Be joyful in it. That stinks. Right? Because the reality is this, is that most of us, when something happens, our first thought is not to click our heels together three times and get happy, right? Oh, another opportunity for me to grow, you know? <laughs> I would have jumped and did it, but I don't want to sprain an ankle. So. That's not our first reaction. As a matter of fact, I am studying, getting ready this week for this message. Man, I get a text, and yes, I read the text in the car, okay? But I didn't respond to it, Okay? It says you can't text and drive. I wasn't. I was reading a text, all right? And so I read the text, and it was, you know, about something that we owed some people, a, a group, a lot of money. And I'm like, wait a second. We need to go back to our records because I know that's not true. They messed up on their end. Sure enough, they had messed up, and we don't owe that money, okay? But initially, I mean, I'm ticked off. Like, I'm literally upset. I wish I could say as my pastor, I was like, sweet, bring it, okay? <laughs> but I wasn't. I was driving, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was angry, okay? I was upset. I was like, you can't. And literally about, you know, like 30 seconds into it, God gave me a little learning curve. Let me get upset for about 30 seconds. And I, I, I'm serious. I almost heard God laughing at me, you know? And I stopped, and I was like, yeah, what's so funny, God? <laughs> these are the conversations. These are the conversations pastors have. With the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What up? What's so funny? Okay. And he just said, Ben, what are you preaching on this week? I'm trials. And they're going to get, they're going to understand it before they leave. You know? And, and he just started laughing. He said, Ben, count it all joy. Count it all joy. That's not our first initial response to trials. Okay? And I know this is going to be a really hard one to learn. Okay? But James is saying this. Listen, until Jesus comes back, 
as a believer, now, you're not going to be continually walking through trials, but as a Christ follower, as a Christian, get ready, okay? Here it is. This is how you need to respond as a believer. This is what's going to set you apart from the rest of the world. When a trial comes, be joyful. Why be joyful? Because knowing that the testing, oh, I hate that word. <laughs> testing. Okay. First of all, let, let's get a couple definitions here. Let's look at the word trial. Trial. Here's the definition. The action or process of putting or trying to prove. Okay. Count it all joy when you face various trials. Now, I like, I like the way James puts this. Because James paints the picture, okay? Uh, the trial is something that's on the outside. It's something unexpected, okay? And James puts it this way. Hey, guys, Christians, it's not written to the world, okay? Christians, when you're living your life and you're serving God and you went to Urban and you worshiped and then, you know, you heard the message and you didn't just hear it, you actually did it, okay? And, you're, and your things are going good, okay? Be joyful, because you're going to meet something along your journey. Be joyful. Rejoice when you meet various trials. That paints the picture of there are trials out there. And as you live this life, you will eventually meet them. Okay? It's coming. Now listen to me. God didn't create the trial, but he allows the trial. Okay? He allows it to come. You're just doing good. You're just a boom. Okay? Yee-hee. Count it all joy. It's coming from the outside, but here James is putting context to it. It's there. It's a trial. You're going to meet it, but when it comes, it's coming to do something. It's coming to test you. What is it testing? He goes on to clarify that. It's coming to test you. Okay? What is it testing? Your faith. Right? Boom, man, I love Jesus. Do you really? Oh, I love Jesus. Really? Okay, let's find out. Poem test. I love Jesus. See, it's easy to love Jesus on Sunday morning at 1030, isn't it? It's, it's Monday morning at around 11. Where, the, where it's like, oh, man. Okay? And all of a sudden, boom, you hit that. Now, James says various trials. It, it, it's, it's various trials coming to test one thing. Your faith, okay? But then the outcome is awesome, right? Count it all joy. Woo-hoo, I'm going through a trial. It's going to test my faith. And guess what? At the end of it, I'm going to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Yeah, see, we all like that part. We all want the perfect, complete, lacking nothing part. But we want somebody else to go through the trial for us. Right? Like, can I take that from you and you just, you know... Count it all joy. That's very similar to a verse that says this. That Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, whom the joy that was set before him, he endured. Are you with me today? Jesus paved the way for us. He went to the cross. He endured it. He endured it. The joy was you and our salvation on the other side. Okay? You've got to endure the trial. And there is joy. Now listen to me. You don't have to be excited about the trial, but be excited about what's on the other side of the trial. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing, okay? That's the part we're excited. We're not like, yeah, trial. We're like, yeah, at the end of this, I'm going to be awesome, okay? I want to be awesome, okay? 
Now, here's something we need to understand, because listen to the verse 12. Listen to the verse, well, look what it says right here. Um, uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without reproach. We're going to talk about this in just a minute. But listen to this, but let him ask in faith. <laughs> You're going to need it, okay? But look at verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, okay? Under trial. You need to be steadfast in that trial. You better be ready for it, okay? Now listen to this, okay? Listen to this, okay? The next verse right after here, you know, it says, you know, here's how that process works, testing every faith. Verse 5, it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it'll be given to him. Most of us read that verse, at least I read that verse earlier, and I thought, that is awesome. I ask of God, and he gives liberally, without reproach. So most of us picture it this way. You know, we kneel down at our bed, we fold our little hands, and we pray for whatever we need. God, I need wisdom to find a spouse. Okay? And you, you just wait for the download, Revelation. Uh, tomorrow you're going to be walking by the corner of 3rd and Market, and there she is. She's going to be about 5'9", and she's going to, you know. That's what you're waiting for, right? God, I need help with my finances. I'm struggling right now. Could you help me? And then you run out to the mailbox. There's nothing there. Okay? That, that, that's how we, most of us read this verse. We pray, we ask God, and then we just wait. Okay? But we, if, if we understand the verses right before that, what we understand, James has a sense of humor. Because James just got done saying, hey, you're living a good Christian life. Trial comes. Be joyful in that trial. Endure. Better have some faith. Okay? Because at the end of that trial, then you're going to be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Oh, what's that? What would you say over there? Oh, you lack faith? <laughs> no worries. Okay? Just go ask God right now. Trust me, he'll give to you generously without reproach. How is it going to happen? Through a trial. Are you with me? See, most of us pray and we're like waiting, waiting, waiting. Okay? No, that's not the way God works. He just said how God works. God works through trials. God works through those circumstances. So if you get down and you pray for finances, well, God's going to give you plenty of opportunity to exercise restraint in your finances. Right? It's like you pray, you're, you're, you're hurting financially. And you pray, God, I need financial breakthrough. And then you're walking through the mall, and there's that pair of jeans you so badly want. And they're on sale. They're down from $120 to $89.99. And you have to have them. Right? Okay? You pray, God, I want my marriage to be stronger. <laughs> Get ready. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Are you, are, are you hearing this? That this is the Bible, okay? God, God will give it to you. There is no question. But that's why it says, if you, you better ask in faith, and you, you, you better endure. You're going to get it. I mean, people are praying, you know? God, I'm just, I'm struggling. I'm single. I want relationships. And then it's just like, you know, at the end of it, you're like, I hate people. Right? I don't like them. 
Just me and you, God. That's all I need. <laughs> all I need. You know? Okay. But if you endure through that, and you persist through that, then you're perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And for about a minute, you fill it, and then you're like going, and I'll say, you're like, oh, there's something else I need to learn. Be careful what you pray for. He's generous. <laughs> He'll give liberally and without reproach. Thanks, James. Okay. We don't have a whole lot of time, so uh, we'll, we'll address a lot of other things later, but I, I want you to catch this. Trials. Things that are coming against them. These are things from the outside. Okay? Trials. What, what might some of these trials be today? I mean, they could be a lot of different things, but here's some. It could be uh, people not accepting you. could be an outside job. People not accepting your faith. Who you are as a Christ follower. It could be sickness and disease. One thing I've come to realize is this, is that the enemy knows uh, the areas in which we're the weakest. Because remember, what it's coming to test is your faith, and your faith is, is, is what you believe. Okay? And so here we are as Christ followers that, man, God is good, man, he is awesome, he's my healer, he's my provider, and then the test comes, let's find out if you really believe that, okay? And so the enemy happens to know what areas we're weak in. So you might be a person that struggles with your finances, okay? And so what does the enemy do? He brings a trial at you in a financial way, okay? For me, though, it's, it's my kids. He knows. If he comes after my kids, now that's where I'm weak. Okay? And so he might come at you, okay, in a different way than he does somebody else. Sickness, disease, a bad economy, something from the outside, relational difficulty, misunderstandings, persecutions, trials, okay? But now there's something you need to understand. We're going to talk about it more over the next couple weeks, okay? But trials are not dumb choices you have made. And James actually gets into that, and we will in the next couple weeks. Trials are not dumb choices you made, okay? Now, your dumb choice might create somebody else's trial, okay? You did something dumb, and now it affects them. Now, that's their trial, okay? But, but, but trials are not dumb choices you make. Let, let me explain that here real quick, okay? The $5,000 on your credit card that you cannot pay is not a trial. That's a dumb choice you made. Are you with me? So you can't sit back and say, oh, man, I'm just, you know, God's really using this as a teaching principle in my life. And, and you know, he's, he's going to teach me how to budget better. Well, no, you, you were dumb. <laughs> and you racked up a bill. But, but doesn't the Bible say that God works all things together for good? No, it actually says that, that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are walking in the called purpose to their life. That's what the Bible really says. So just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you can go rack up $5,000 and say, oh, just, God's just going to test me. Okay. No? That was a decision. Are you catching what I'm saying? Because, see, too many people want to write off bad decisions they made and, well, God's just, you know, using this as a test in my life. No, no, no. You made a dumb choice. Okay? So repent of that. Ask for forgiveness. And let's get up and start moving forward. And then you'll really hit a trial. Okay? So we can't, we can't, right? We'll, we'll, get, we'll get a little bit deeper into that. 
another time. Trials. Here they are. Coming. How are we to respond? With joy. Here's one thing I've learned. That if I will accept the trial and endure it and walk through it, okay, I'll get through it a lot quicker. It's when I resist and I fight it and I say no to it and I ain't doing it, <laughs> then it seems to be prolonged. And not only that, sometimes it'll subside, gain some momentum, and you'll meet it again. Okay? That, that, that's, that, that's God wanting to really create a breakthrough in your life. Okay? But if we just do what James says, hey guys, listen to me. This is what James is saying, man. Guys, listen, we're going to have trials. From now until it's going to happen. As a Christian, as a Christ, it's just a part of life. Listen to me. Yes, it happens to people out there too, but, but, but it's different for you because it's going to prove out what you say you believe. It's going to prove out that you say you trust in me. It's going to prove out that I really am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. It's going to prove out that I really am Jehovah Shalom, your peace. It's going to prove out that I'm really Jehovah Rapha, your healer and your health. And so now something comes, something from the outside. We have people sitting in our church who have been healed of diseases and healed of things. What was that? Outside trial, persevere, press through. Was it always easy? No, it wasn't. But that's why we have the church. What does the Bible say in Ecclesiastes chapter 4? Two are better than one. Because when one falls, man, the other one can come alongside and help pick him up. Listen to me. Just because James tells us to rejoice in the trial doesn't mean it's going to be that easy. Especially depending on the trial. But I'm telling you, man, when all of a sudden uh, sickness and disease and cancer comes or a tumor comes or something comes, you're like, what in the world? Man, it sure is nice to have some people around you, isn't it? We've had people in our church unable to have children, had miscarriage after miscarriage, and they're, they're, they're saddened by this. They come up to the front. They ask for prayer. We pray for them. We stand in faith. We help them persevere, push through. And guess what? God provides that baby for them. Did God cause that? No, he allowed it. Are you with me? We have people in here that have great businesses and uh, there's been seasons in their life where their business wasn't doing that well. But they know God spoke to them to do the business. And man, it's, it's, it, it's tough. We're struggling. We're trying to make this thing. I know it's the right thing. Okay, listen to me. Just because you're experiencing resistance doesn't mean you're in the, the, not in the will of God. Okay? Now you experience that resistance, and all of a sudden they come, and we, we get prayer. How can we help you? Come on, we're going to pray for you every day. We're gonna, and all of a sudden, boom, they persevere. They push through. Okay? Listen, as a pastor, okay, I need that just as much as the other person. I know God spoke to me. Urban church. I know God spoke to me different things for different seasons, but sometimes, guess what? Even the church as a whole. Okay? And so then, man, hey, guys, let's pray together. Let's believe together. Let's push through. Let's endure. And man, guess what? Every time, I'm telling you what, every person that I've prayed with, that persevered and pressed through, they've come out stronger. Every marriage that has come under attack, man, that has, that has surrendered to the will of God, and we've come alongside and we prayed for, man, it comes out stronger on the other side. Are you with me today? God is so good. Listen to me. You're going to meet those trials. Count it all joy. Listen, I, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know exactly the specific thing you're facing. Neither did James, and he didn't care. 
He said, whatever trial you're facing, have joy. Because the other side of that thing is going to be amazing. So go ahead right now. Because reality is this, as you're sitting here today, you're either about ready to go into a trial, you're in the middle of a trial, you're at the end of a trial, you're somewhere at the beginning of a trial. So you might be sitting there today and think, man, God is so good, man. Everything's going great in my life. Good. Awesome. We want it to stay that way. But if there's any area that you're lacking and you start to pray, God's going to produce it in your life. He's going to allow things. Let's test this out. And that's okay. Christian, that's what, that's what James is saying. It's okay to face trials. It's okay to face these things. But here's how you ought to face them. So that you can walk out perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is, is fantastic. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the book of James today that, uh, Lord, not only spoke to Christians back then, but it can speak to us today. That could, that could spawn us on and push us forward in the great things that you are doing in our life and have prepared for our life.